Okay, we're sitting here with Miss Melissa Say <laughs> with the um, Northeast Louisiana Children's Museum. So Good just, morning. I just want to thank you for coming and giving us the opportunity to be able to chat about mm. the Children's Museum and the impact it's had on our family. So I ran across an article the other day from Bayou Life magazine. Uh-huh. I don't know how old that article is, but I learned a lot of stuff. So some, <laughs> some things that I learned is that you started this with a, a really good friend uh, back in the uh, late 90s. Is uh, that correct? My bestest friend. Yes, can, Martha can you, Ryan. Can you tell me? So I know that you were in education at the uh-huh, time. You uh-huh. were, I think, Grace Episcopal. Yeah, yeah. Is that where you met her at? Yes, yes. I was a teacher, and she called herself the cut-and-paste engineer. She was a teaching assistant for a different teacher. And we both had young children at the time. We both were transplants from other communities. Martha was from a from the Washington, D.C. area. And they sought out a small southern town to raise their family deliberately. Uh, We uh, came up here with me crying in the backseat of my car from Baton Rouge, which is where um, all my family was, um, to be here for one year so my husband could clerk for a district judge here. And here we are. We met at Grace and thought, wouldn't it be great to maybe have a children's museum here? Because we'd both been to the one in New Orleans. And that's kind of where we started. It was 1995. Okay, so so it did really start out from you guys attending another children's yes, museum. Yes, it did. It absolutely and you guys did. wanted to kind of do something like that yes. here? Well, you know, it's such, obviously, as you know, a very family-oriented community. And um, so we put together a board immediately. to We sent out these surveys, old school, like snail mail. So tell me about the survey. So, yeah. you, um, so that's one of the things I read. You sent out surveys to the community and asked for kind of feedback. Yeah, yeah. So at that point, what kind of feedback were you looking and how did you how did you determine who to send these surveys to? Well, we, we sent them to educators, obviously, to business professionals, community leaders. We kind of sent to a, a wide, diverse group um, in Washtenaw Parish and outside of Washtenaw Parish because we wanted, of course, to look at it as a regional potential, um, which we are currently. It's amazing. Um, and in it, we asked them, would they support it? Um, how often would they visit? What exhibits would they like to see? And we had just an, a, an amazing response, even back in the day where you had to put a stamp on something and mail something. Right. Um, where, in fact, one of our very first board members is a local um, doctor, and he flipped his paper over and drew pictures on the back of exhibits that he, he had five kids, um, would love to see. Okay. That, you know, highlighted our region and and it was really super cool, and it inspired us to go ahead and get get moving on it. So in 1996, you correct me if I'm wrong on these dates, in 96 is when you formed the nonprofit yes, board. Yes, correct. Y'all opened in 98. We did. So we have a two-year period. Yeah of, I would have to assume, fundraising or getting community buy-in. So talk to me a little bit about that. Right. Well, and and it was, um, we looked around, actually looked at Forsyth Park, as well as some other locations potentially for um, where we could be. We wanted to be centrally located for the community, um, but um, we wanted to be open quick if we could. So some of the buildings we looked at required a lot of rehab or construction, and then we found this great location downtown that was just a shell that we could just fill. It was an old warehouse. And so we went that avenue. So it was a really short time frame. I mean, it's really remarkable, and it's a a compliment to this community that we got open so quickly within two years. Now, how important was that board that you initially established in helping you get this off the ground? Well, they were super important. They were doers. You know, we needed people that were going to be out there um, sharing our same story, you know, asking their friends and family to 
support it financially and, and you know, and through other other avenues. Um, and it, it was a great, great working working board that is obviously key to make things move forward, as I feel now about my executive committee with our current sure. move. I mean, they are out there helping me. It's amazing and wonderful. So I think it'd be um, safe to say that although the two of y'all had this vision, mm -hmm. it took a lot of people to make this vision come, become a reality. It, it did, and it, it always does. I mean, it can't just be one person for any, especially a great idea. You know, it, it's this this project that one when we started and then now where we are is something that everybody, everybody willingly and gladly supports because it's our it's our children. It's our sure. future, you know, um, and we and as you, with your comment, we want earlier, we want them to want to stay here, come back here, Absolutely. raise their families here. I mean, I love this community. It was not one that I planned on staying in. And my husband and I raised our four kids and Martha's two here and um, have absolutely um, loved what it's offered and how it's prepared them for their futures. I can assume that a lot of people, when you guys started in the community, uh, really didn't know or probably have never been to a children's museum. Mm -hmm. So as you're trying to articulate that out to the community, what do you think was the one or two things that really got the community involved to really get behind and support this project? I think it probably was uh, two things. One is the quality of life that it adds to a family experience, to have something that they can go to together, have fun together at, and, and enjoy time. The other aspect is the educational piece that we offer. It's not just a, uh, and there's nothing wrong with the ball pit play places. They serve a purpose sure. too. You get a little a lot of energy and it's awesome. But the educational piece that we add, the little aha factors, that little sneak-ins of things that they learn in the process of playing. You know, there's a lot of power in play, a lot, um, that we offer this in addition to the family fund um, that I think drew people into the project at the very beginning. So let's talk about the education aspect. So you come in as an educator mm -hmm. into the process and your partner was an educator as well, mm -hmm. right? I know there's different types of uh, learning styles and going through uh, different, and, and I understand that play is a big part of mm -hmm. that for kids learning. Mm -hmm. How did you guys attack um, the education aspect while incorporating the entertainment at the same time. Is there mm -hmm. is there a certain style that you guys used, or how did y'all go about establishing that? Well, what we found the most success is that when we, um, when we well, of course, we did our research with the Louisiana Standards of mm -hmm. Education to see what parts of the curriculum that the teachers are teaching in the schools that we could supplement or enhance through a hands-on experience when they come to the Children's Museum. Um, even simple basic skills like your fine motor skills, communication skills, social skills, I mean, all major, major, um, import, of major importance post-COVID. But um, math, science, you know, even like we have a pu three pulley seats mm -hmm. and they have one loop, two loops, three loops. So you have to try them all and you learn a little bit about, um, you know, what's an easier way to pull yourself up on a pulley. Um, so that is something that they learn in school about simple machines, and then here we are. We have an activity that goes along with it. Um, so that was that was key in how we selected um, the exhibits originally, and really truly how we continue to, and going forward at the new place, what our plan is for that. Um, it's it's really um, because my background is education. It, that's important for me is sure. to see it as something that 
the teachers can say and the parents can say, look, at, we just went over the layers of the earth and here we are making them out of Play-Doh at the Children's Museum, you know? Absolutely. So it's it's really a great, it's a great partnership that we have, um, even just, you know, coincidentally and when families come in and learn and teachers come in to play, you know, with their kids. You know, uh, with my girls, uh, which they have frequented it oh, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. a, a lot, <laughs> um, I've learned that it does spark some questions when they get mm-hmm. there. So when you guys put the... Uh, little oval office oh, in yeah. there and we were able to um, have quite or talk to them well you know what this is and uh-huh. all that stuff uh-huh. it did spark more conversation wonderful although our kids you know probably don't fully understand what government and how it really works yeah it's getting the conversation started so that we can have uh, conversations as they grow because what we talked about today may come up just out of the blue two years from exactly. now exactly and that conversation started there at the children's museum well thank you for sharing that i appreciate that so how do you guys have it organized with staff? Surely this has got to be a um, a labor of love mm. to uh, mm-hmm. be able to make this happen and put it together. So from staffing, uh, is it something that you struggle with or you find that people really want to come and work there? Well, so we have a great um, – we've had some great staff members that are – college students from our local universities. Right. Surprisingly, they're not mostly education majors. They're mostly in nursing and pharmacy and other fields like that. Um, and it gives them the flexibility, gives them some fun and experience. They remember coming as children to the Children's Museum, and now they hear they get, are in a different role as a staff person. Um, so in that way, we, we, um, we feel fortunate. Um, I have a, a – we just hired a development director to help with the relocation project. Okay. <clears throat> She's got a lot of experience in fundraising in the community. She also is an, an educator. She taught at elementary schools here in, in Monroe uh, for a number of years. And she uh, has happy tears every day <laughs> as much because she loves the job and loves the experience that she had. Um, we we have a one little exhibit where you print out your uh, – you can draw your face and print it out. And one day I found just the words, yay day printed out on the sheet and we have it in our office because wow. that's how we feel every day. Um, I have a museum educator that we've just trained and she's just taken off and just does an amazing job. And so um, as we grow, we, we of course um, will need more people, but we feel like we're, we're lucky in that aspect that we've been able to find some quality staff that have a commitment to this community and they want to be here. So um, that's been wonderful. Some days are super crazy (laughs) and we all have to quit what we're supposed to be doing and focus on the kids. And and we love those days too. I'm sure during um, COVID, you know, I bring it up from time Mm -hmm. to time because it has a major impact on a lot Uh of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, I can remember the drive-throughs that that, that we did during COVID. Absolutely. Which, I mean, for us being cooped up in the house was huge for us to be able to get out and our kids to feel like they're they're still involved in something they already know. Right. So what kind of impact did that have on you guys? Well, I remember... um, it was too quiet, of course. Mm-hmm. You know, we love the noise. We just think it's all joyful. And when we when we went through COVID, um, we sh- we had to shift and pivot as everybody did. And um, we fortunately were able to keep our doors open. There are children's museums around the country that yeah. closed because of COVID, um, but we had community support. Um, thank goodness. Um, and we we did like one thing specifically was Easter Village. It was right before Easter happened. That's a big fundraiser for us, and and so we just made it a drive-through. Easter Bunny went out on the front porch it and waved at everybody. Too. We had eleven hundred. Wow. People and about a handful of dogs (laughs) in the cars come through. But we got the sweetest thank you note in particular from 
from a family that was like, thank you for this moment of normalcy and during this crazy time. You know, and then there'd be the, the child with their head through the through the sunroof yelling, I want a chocolate bunny. Yeah. You know, <laughs> my brother does, too. I mean, it just awesome. was so heartwarming. I really sat at the window and just happy tears day again you know with that experience that we were lucky to have um that we all were and it, it was a moment of whew, okay yeah this we can we can get through this you know so you touched on it a little before but let's expand on it a little bit about um you being a regional uh-huh. uh, yes. event so mm-hmm. when you guys set out from the very beginning you had an opportunity to name this monroe louisiana right. Children's Museum, right but you chose northeast louisiana mm-hmm. Tell me about kind of how that came to be and why that was important. Well, thank you for bringing that up. Actually, that's uh, we did, we were very deliberate and very um, thoughtful in the process of naming the museum. We went through the cutesy names. Did we want to sure. do that? Did we want to just do our town? And we really felt like um, it needed to encompass all of Northeast Louisiana. And that was really forward thinking. I mean, we thought we would be regional, but we see 17 different parishes every year. Wow. I mean, it just in our museum where we are, I mean, imagine when we're in the park, what we can do. I mean, sure. We, we actually added the 18th because a school came over last week from Shreveport, all the way from Shreveport, from Caddo Parish, to come play at the museum. I got a lovely thank you note from the class uh, about their experience. And so we do feel like this is the museum for Winsboro, for Bastrop, for Ruston, for, you know, Caddo Parish, if they want to come as far. Um, and so that was why we chose the name. It deliberately was that um, because we are it. We are it and we're glad to be it. So um, so the process took a little while, but we felt like it was, it's a long name. Sure. <laughs> but it's a good name. But I think it was a very welcoming name yeah, so that people you. didn't feel like that it's just a Monroe thing. Right. Sure. Washita Parish right. thing. Sure. Um, sure. Well, we've heard families come in first, you know, Arkansas and oh, yeah. Texas that oh, yeah. has come and visit. So mm-hmm. um, how many people do you think you guys serve on an annual basis? I know the numbers probably fluctuated because, you know, sure. we've had those years. That, sure, yeah. But but how how many families do you feel like you serve annually? We see about 50,000 people a year. Wow, 50,000 Isn't that crazy? People. That's but wonderful. Again, it's amazing. I, my, my husband, my, my biggest supporter, he, sa- he would, has said for years, people just, I don't think people realize what a great number of people you bring in. So I made him a hat. He's got a baseball hat with 50,000 visitors a year on it. So he can proudly wear it. And, you know, we anticipate doubling that um, with the relocation because we'll be in a park. You know, it'll just lend itself to just a a day's worth of, you know, experiences together as a family or or field trips. You know, like uh, we had a group that came in from Winfield, um, two days ago okay. and they was uh it was about 120 people that came and then they had to drive to forsyth park to have their picnic because sure. they were making a day of it this will be right there all in the same spot so nice segue into let's talk about the move yes when do we anticipate that happening well, so, of course, we, we are in the, the capital campaign currently. Um, if things progress as they are, which is we've been we've just had a had great success so far, um, we should be able to break ground in 2024. Oh, fantastic. I you know. Like Gives me chills. About a year. Yeah, about 12 to 18 months. Okay. Um, you know, things are better now with the, in the construction field, sure. with getting supplies and stuff. Um, so we feel like hopefully it'll be at the shorter end. Um, but it's it's. It's coming. It's so exciting. So talk to me about, so I know the location where it's going to be at. Uh Are y'all incorporating any of the old structure that's there? 
um, right. or, or are y'all tearing it down? That Talk is to us the, a little bit about that. Okay, so that's a historic building in mm-hmm. the front, that original pool house, and that belongs to the city. It will okay. remain in the city's um, care and control. And I just want to add that uh, uh, Mayor Ellis and the city have been extremely supportive in prepping that land and and supporting our project, as as is the region and, and uh, Mayor Mitchell as well. It's wonderful to have the support of the cities here. Um, for the process, but um, they'll keep it. They'll do something proper with it. I don't know, community affairs offices or parks and rec or something. I'm not exactly sure what their plan is. They've got several things um, stirring around to come up with what's exactly right. And then they've cleared and emptied the pool. You know, it's filled in with dirt. Actually, there's grass growing there now. And we will have a brand new 22,000 square foot building on the back end of that circle. Okay, so the the new entrance or the entrance mm-hmm. will be on the back side of that. Okay. It will. And of course, we're a part of a large um, master plan for that park that the city is doing with uh, Carbo Landscape. Yep. Uh, Mayor Ellis is focusing on um, three major parks, Chenault, uh, Forsyth and Bernstein Park by the zoo. Sure. And so ours um, and our master plan um, will um, ho- lay out the whole park um, and focus on certain things, um, one being the Children's Museum and some other um, physical activities. And then, you know, the the other parks will, will highlight other things. So um, it'll, it'll change the design of the park. Um, for example, one thing that uh, we feel like would be great and it's included in the plans and hopefully it'll continue is that there won't be um, in the middle where the street is, mm-hmm. um, just in the very center section where in front of the building where the the Children's Museum will be, that won't be a drivable section okay. of Sycamore. So it won't be like a runway <laughs> right. down where all you know families and children will be so so you'll probably have two parking lots on either mm-hmm. side and, of the, and the circle okay you know that the circle will remain so kids and families and buses can be dropped off at the front which is in the back of that section okay, so perfect. and then you know we'll be um visible too I mean, there's a lot of trees there's a lot of you know trees that can be taken out that are not old historic sure. you know oak trees we're not going to do any of that but um there's some room to make some Things happen that will be so visible. So that's going to really change the whole scape of uh, Forsyth it Park. It will. Then. It will. And the you guys are going to be the center of attraction mm-hmm. for I the know, whole we entire. Can't wait. That's awesome. <laughs> Talk to me about um, some of the new designs you mm-hmm. want to incorporate. Um, uh, the ones that you've had, you currently have in the museum, uh-huh. have been great. Mm-hmm. But I know that you guys are trying to plan for something. Uh, probably even bigger than what you have. So tell we us a little are. bit about that. We are. This is my favorite part to talk about, too, um, because from from the beginning of this process of relocating, it's been my focus and dream to to have our exhibits and exhibit galleries focus on northeast Louisiana and what we have to offer, all the wonderful things. We, we currently are in a museum, and we're not just moving that museum and putting everything in, in a bigger space. That's not how it's going to go. We are saving and bringing some key pieces over sure. that we feel like uh, we just can't – we have to take the White House, you know, and we have to take the big mouth. I mean, I, I think people would not forgive me. <laughs> and I love the White House. So, I, you know, it's included in the new design, but also as a focus on the river. Of course, we have this beautiful river right, right. here. Agriculture in our community. Um, healthcare is – we are a healthcare hub here in northeast Louisiana. Right. 
you know, the, the um, entrepreneurs and career options that we have here in manufacturing and in different industries. So um, so that's where our focus is, all the way down to our babies. We're going to have a, you know, we ha- currently have a little baby bayou that's a partnership with the Children's Coalition. Um, we are going to expand it, make it, uh, I think we're going to call it maybe the bi- the backyard bayou, expand okay. it in the new space, make it larger, um, but just get that um the learning cogs moving from from babies on up. So we'll, our age range will expand more than we are able yeah. to offer here. So, and, so talk to me about that mm-hmm. age on the upper end of the, the yeah, age. Yeah, so, you know, right now it's it's good for the littles, as we call them. It's a mm-hmm. lot of uh, role play and hands-on fun. But um, as we expand to the new place, there will be opportunities for STEM. Like we'll have a STEM lab. Okay, because I was going to ask about yeah. that. Are you going to try to incorporate any STEM? Oh, into absolutely. This? Well, really, STEAM. We like to add the art because art is a big focus, sure. and of course, culture and art are big in, in this community as well. We feel I mean, we've got just a great arts community and cultural community here that we want to highlight. But um, it'll be more hands-on, more um, the opportunities for the older kids, eight to ten to twelve, to come in and uh, learn how a process happens. You know, the scientific process, and um, and then also maybe be explainers to younger kids, you know, so their role can change and they can become part of our volunteer staff. And then through high school even, you know, where we'll have um, potentials for um, for them to develop some skills that they can be the, the, the teachers and the educators on for their younger, you Fantastic. know, classmates. It, it really, the opportunities are endless. They really truly are. And that's just all within the walls. But outside we'll have an an a great educational setting on the outside, which we, of course, cannot have where we are located. So, it's too small. i tell you a little something about me. And I was going to ask about the outside. Mm-hmm. My family's been going there for years, mm-hmm. and I don't go quite as often as what my wife does with the kids, mm-hmm. but I'm there fairly frequently. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea there was that maze on the side <laughs> on the side until my girls would always run around the building like, where are you going? And like, we're going to be in the maze. Uh-huh. We're going to be in the maze. Uh-huh. So are you going to have a few outside activities? We are. We are going to um, have um, some educational, like, settings. So it's almost like an outdoor classroom. Um, we're going to incorporate a small amphitheater area okay, so that cool. we can do some uh performances out there or some teaching out there where you know you know i love the um it's called elephant toothpaste i don't know if you've ever seen that science experiment but it's with, oh is that where it, it kind just of just shoots shoot, yes, yeah yes, just, yes, if we yes. can't you know it'd be better outside yeah, it would, definitely, definitely. <laughs> but we shoot our rockets with the alka-seltzer it'd be better outside yeah. you know so we we can have that experience and, and families and, and classes can sit there. Um, but then there'll also be some climbing and, you know, physical activity that, that'll that be out there as well. Um, so it expands our 22,000 square feet building to, you know, 40,000 square feet with that. Wow. So, and we've seen that because, um, of course, I drag my family to children's museums all around the country. Even my 18-year-old is our, our baby and we brought him through Meridian one time. We had to stop at the children's museum. We all had fun. All had fun. Sure. As um, but their outdoor space is something um, remarkable for a small city like we are. They took advantage of that opportunity to expand outside, and we want to do that as well. That's awesome. It's great. <clears throat> so as we wrap up here, mm-hmm. how can our community community still support you guys? I know that you've got a, a building uh, or construction drive that's happening yes. to raise uh-huh. money for mm-hmm. the for the building. Mm-hmm. And I believe that people can, at, no matter what your income level is, mm-hmm. you can. Everybody can participate. 
Tell us how we can participate. Okay, so I've got some great ideas. Okay. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Dawn Landry, our, uh, the development director, has come with a, a litany of wonderful ideas, too. So we'll have fundraisers in the community that people are, we would love for people to participate in. We have one, actually, this Sunday called Juleps and Jockeys, and it's an okay. adult stick horse race <laughs> in our parking lot. It's just an adult party with the uh, mint juleps and um, um and some wonderful volunteers that are going to literally run around our, on a track on a stick horse That's <laughs> on Sunday amazing. afternoon. Um, but we also um, have other things in the queue that will be happening. One thing that we have in storage that we can't wait to bring out is we have some piggy banks. Okay. That we can give to families, and we're going to partner with local banks and for them to distribute them so that every family can put their pennies in. Kids can participate and bring that, and they can be a part of our our future museum. Um, there's a lot of nostalgia around the pool. Um, we save the tiles from oh, okay. the pool. Awesome. And so, and, you know, we'll have a version of a brick purchase that um, will be with the, with the pool tiles. Um, that will be incorporated in the artistic design within the, within the interior and exterior space of the new building. Um, we've worked with a company out of um, Illinois, a national company called Lucy Creative, to, um, and they've completed 100% of our conceptual design already. It's, uh, it's an amazing vision book that we'll be um, putting out to the public on our social media pages um, very soon. We put some little bits and pieces, but um, that's one way to get um, people to understand um, what we're thinking. We, are, we would love to welcome their exhibit ideas. Send us, send us your pictures. Send us where your experiences right. that you've been to. Um, we also have um, started, and we'll be pushing this out shortly, too, is we are looking for 100 founding families that will contribute an amount of $5,000 or higher, and they will have a specific and special location and wall at the new museum to acknowledge they're jumping in at the very beginning and being a part sure. of it. We've already got several um, that have come and, um, and jumped in, and, and we appreciate that. Um, commitment to the community but from pennies to to the big bucks you know we we need all the help we can get and we feel like as you said everybody can do their part if it's not a financial maybe it's sending the pictures or it's um or it's sharing our information you know it's expanding our reach from where we are right now into the out all the other parishes that we you know which we haven't tapped yet on our fundraising so where's where can someone go uh, where's the best place for people to go to find out um, the activities you guys are having, mm-hmm. the events that's going sure. on? Sure. Well, I would say um, our website, um, which is nelcm.org. It's Northeast Louisiana Children's Museum, nelcom.org. Um, of course, follow us on our social pages. Um, we we do push a, a lot of our current information out just right directly to social media. Okay, um, but our website is really our hub for ideas. I believe your, one of your cuties is on our website. <laughs> Her beautiful photos. So um, it's it. But in all those photos are are kids from our region that have experienced the museum that, you know, we hope will grow up one day and be a part of this community and live here and love it like we do. Yeah. Well, look, thank you for coming in and uh, just sharing kind of uh, the passion uh, that you and the board puts into the Children's Museum. It is a vital asset to our community. Thank you. Uh, my family uses it. We sing y'all's praises. So thank you. We're looking to uh, the future with you, to, and we're just excited to see where that's going to take us. Well, thank you, and we look forward to families coming in from, you know, that you bring in from your end that move here, and we are, like, one of the things that they come to as well. Yeah. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thanks, Brian. Welcome to the 318 Experience, the ultimate podcast for discovering the best of what our community has to offer. I'm Brian Bendeley, 
your host and local realtor, with a passion for showcasing the people, attractions, and hidden treasures of Monroe, West Monroe, and beyond.